Welcome to the Growing Green Landscapes Podcast with Jeremiah Jennings. While still in his early 20s, Jeremiah already runs a successful six-figure lawn maintenance company. Listen in as he and his guests share the things that have brought them success that can help you in your business. As a young entrepreneur in the green industry, Jeremiah emphasizes the tips and tricks involved in running a lawn maintenance business while discussing the principles applying to all small businesses. If you're wanting to grow, become profitable and professional, you're in the right place. And now, here's your host, Jeremiah Jennings. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another episode here on the Growing Green Landscapes podcast. Before we hop into the show today, I just want to take a minute and read our ratings and reviews that we have coming in recently. Um, this is a really big thing for us. I really would like to see the ratings and reviews increase because it really helps us social proof the podcast and um, just helps us grow the community one one listener at a time, one relationship at a time. So I want to take a minute and read out a few that we have recently, kind of give these guys a little shout out and just say thank you for all that y'all have done and listening, sharing the podcast on your platforms and leaving these reviews. So our first one comes from Aaron Carr and it's a five star, it just says real content. Uh, appreciate Jeremiah's fresh perspective and focus on networking. Keep up the good work. Uh, thanks to Aaron for for sending that in. That really means a lot that y'all are out there and you believe in what we're doing. And uh, another one we have here is another five star from Luke Donnelly, and it just says top notch, uh, awesome content from Jeremiah and his guest. Highly recommend. Great quality. Give him a listen. And guys, that really means a lot. Just you two that are leaving those reviews here. Those are the most recent ones that we've gotten. Um, It really means a lot that y'all are out there and you're enjoying the show and you feel like we're bringing good quality content because that's what we want. So if you're out there and you enjoy it, leave these Red Engine reviews. We'll give you a little shout out here on the show and just say thank you. Thank you for listening in and supporting us. And I just want to give back what little bit I can to y'all. So without any further ado, that's going to wrap this little segment up here and let's hop into today's episode. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another show here on the Growing Green Landscapes podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in to another show today. Uh, the last few weeks have been some, uh, we've really been seeing some good growth the last few weeks. We've been putting out uh, some good episodes. We've had some uh, guests on here. We've had some solo episodes. But uh, as I said in the last the last show, I really like to bring guests on and uh, they just bring a much, much higher energy level to the show. And I think uh, that a lot more value comes out of it when I get some other guests on here and stuff. So that is what we're going to do today. We're going to have another guest interview, uh, two in a row here. And I think we're going to have some great value come out today. I think y'all are going to learn a lot. And uh, I'm looking forward to see what this uh, interview is going to hold. And I um, uh, hope that y'all get as much out of it as I'm planning to. So without further ado, let's just bring in our guest. Uh, we have Paul Urez with PSE Landscaping uh, up out of uh, Northeast Tennessee. We were just talking about where he was. He's in a great part of the country. I'm kind of jealous of where you are. But Paul, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing awesome. How are you guys doing? I am good. We had a full day of work down here, and like you were saying, you're talking about temperatures changing, and uh, we are slowly but surely getting to the cooler temperatures, and w- what's the weather like for y'all? Um, it's been raining the last two days, and now more leaves are falling, so I guess leaf cleanup's right around the corner, probably within another month or so. Good deal. Which I'm not, which I'm not looking forward to, because... The summer has been pretty uh, hectic with the um, hot temperatures here, which is kind of uh, not in the norm for Northeast Tennessee. I believe they've had uh, recorded 34 days straight since summer of 90 degree weather or 
uh, more than the temperatures. So wow, that's yeah. insane. That's a total. That is polar opposite of what we're having down here. We have had a pretty mild summer, to be honest. I mean, it's. Um, I mean, we had obviously our ninety degree days because it's Alabama. That's just what it's going to be. But uh, for the most part, we were. I mean, we hovered mid eighties. Uh, low 90s all year and we had we just had this has been the wettest year on record for us it has been absolutely insane the amount of rain that we've had uh, but that that's cool hearing the, the different landscapes that's what I always like hearing and getting people from different parts of the country on here to talk about um, where what the landscape is like what the weather's like and uh, I'm sure we can have more conversations on that as we move into the interview but Paul I'm excited to have you on today man I uh, uh, we got to link up at Signal Green that was uh, if y'all haven't gotten the memo yet, if you go to live events, you meet a lot of cool people and you get to connect with a lot of cool people that you would never would have. So, um, I urge you again, like I've urged you before, go to every live event that you can. But anyway, Paul, uh, let's just kind of dive into things today. Let's, uh, we don't have any really notes or anything. I just want to have a good conversation and bring the, the listeners a lot of value. So kind of go into your story and how you got started and then uh, bring us up, catch us up to where you are today. Okay, so I kind of started my business part-time in 2005 in Florida while I was working for, I guess, back in 97, um, a company that was called Environmental Care. And throughout the years, um, that company changed its name to Valley Crest. And then it was actually bought out by an equity group, um, I think KR Landscapes, which um kind of combine um brickman and uh valley crest together and made it foreign to brightview but i got out way before brickman actually bought valley crest and then the equity group actually bought both of them and made brightview so i basically worked there from 97 to i'm trying to think almost 2015 so i worked there 18 years. wow you were there a long time yeah most definitely. <laughs> I wish I would have actually left a lot earlier and started my business full time, uh, which I actually started doing in 2015, which, like I said, I should have actually did that a long time ago. But, you know, I guess you live and learn from those mistakes. And, you know, it's a smooth sailing right now here in Northeast Tennessee. That's right. You can only move forward. You can't go back and change the past. Just fix what you messed up and move on. So, uh, well, that's cool. So you've been in the industry a long time. Uh, you got a lot of knowledge, a lot of wealth built up here, uh, and I'm sure that you can bring a lot of a lot of value to our listeners today. So, uh, tell us, you went full time in 2015. You said, yes, yes. Okay, so correct. going on six, almost this is going to be ending of six years uh, full time. Uh, what what do y'all do? What do your services look like? I know you say uh, landscaping and lawn care. Do you do any heart any uh, like softscapes? What all what all do y'all do? Well, actually, when I, I mean, when I started my business in Florida part time, and while I was working at Valley Crest, I basically was doing like all hardscape stuff. I had like no lawns or nothing, and then I guess there was a less need for it, so people started asking me if I would do lawn service. So I basically got out of the hardscapes and started doing more uh, lawn service, and then. I really wouldn't say I sold my business in Florida. I just basically let it go and let whoever wanted to pick and choose of my clients, I let them have them because there was no value of me really selling my customers to any of my friends or whatever other companies. So I basically got out of that, you know, just basically 
clean slate. And then coming up to here to Tennessee, basically started from ground zero, had to build myself up with like no clientele. And then my wife was really worried about, you know, me building a business up, seeing all these people on Facebook, Craigslist saying, I'll cut the grass less than the other company. And there were so many other companies out there that she was worried that it would be hard for me to get my business going. So basically the first year I started off with like, 32 clients and now I'm at like 50 and I basically do all residential right now. I don't do any commercial properties at all. That's, that's really cool hearing that you don't fool with commercial and commercial is one of those things that, uh, I don't know. I dabble in it a little bit. I don't have that many commercial clients, but uh, I've heard good and bad from both, but sounds like you have a good model just sticking to residential and, uh, uh, what have you? So, what have you learned sticking to the residential about being profitable and uh, charging the right prices? Like, are you a solo? You a solo guy? Do you have some guys that help you out? Um, how how does that work with doing residential only? Um, how, how have you kind of like ran your numbers and, and figured out how to do that? Well, that was my biggest thing: pricing the jobs properly. And I kind of think I learned that through um, talk with other people in the industry. I think you know. I was pricing stuff too low. Like, you know, the, I was actually that $20 a cut guy, that $25 cut guy. And then listening to uh, some other podcasts, most guys says they won't drop their trailer, you know, their mo- take their mower off for $45 or less a cut. So now I'm trying to mold myself into that. I mean, I know there's going to be a lot of people who's like saying, yeah, the other guy cut it for 25, but you know, I just can't do it. I can't run my business efficient cutting it at $25 a cut versus 45. Absolutely. And that's one of those things that we have implemented this year is um, I've always had minimums, but our minimums have greatly increased this year uh, because you, it's like you're saying, you have to, uh, you have to be profitable and you have to know what your, uh, what, what your minimum amount is that you can make on a yard and how long it's going to take you to do it. So uh, did you say, are you, are you running, uh, do you have employees or are you by yourself? Well, at one point I had my daughter helping me. Okay. And was, and my wife was helping me. Now my daughter's off uh, doing something else right now. And then my wife got a little sick in December. So at this point I've been running solo since um, this, this past year, since January. Yeah. Wow. So, and, and this is the question I ask everybody. If you listen to the podcast at all, you know, this, uh, are y'all weekly or bi-weekly up there most of the time? I'm weekly and I still have a lot of bi-weekly customers, but I tend to keep them. I don't really want to get rid of them yeah. because they've been pretty loyal to me, but anybody that wants bi-weekly, what I normally tell them and my wife always pushes me to make sure I tell them this is, I do weekly mowing. It doesn't mess necessarily mean that, you know, I cut your yard this Friday, but next Friday might not need cut. So I just don't want to do bi-weekly because I'll run into a problem like I did in Florida where it doesn't need cut that second week. Mm-hmm. And then two weeks later, you know, we get all this rain and then the grass goes from two inches to two feet. Yep. And then you're spending more time cutting that yard, you know, versus someone that you'd cut weekly yeah so all i do is tell my clients i don't cut no i don't do no bi-weekly mowing i'm strictly weekly if you want bi-weekly you know i all i can tell you is i just do weekly cutting and uh you know it just basically puts you on the schedule i mean no matter what 
I'm not going to go cut someone's yard that's brown the following week versus the week before where it was green. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I understand that. I understand what you're saying there. So, um, well, that I mean, so you're counting, you're cutting fifty something lawns a week uh, by yourself. That is a that's a daunting task. I can't really imagine doing that. Uh, what are your what is your landscape like up there? I know you said you're up there. Uh, on the Smoky Mountains uh, around there. So you got a lot of, uh, are you in a lot of subdivisions? You have a lot of hilly yards. I mean, what do you, what does your landscape and layout look like? I would say probably 85% of my yards have some type of steep incline. I knew so it. That's what I was afraid of. I kind of like will tell people, you know, like when, you know, I'm going to do an estimate. I normally tell them that, you know, if the yard's flat, it's going to be less versus yard that's steep because it's going to take you know uh, a longer time to do and that said it's more unsafe so i may may or may not be able to put a mower on it so i might have to charge more maybe to weed eat that hillside versus mowing that hillside yeah i hear you and that's so um in doing that in, in doing it by yourself i mean what what are your uh what are your thoughts on hiring an employee i mean you sound like you're almost to that point are, are you wanting to do that soon or and I, what are your what are your plans there? Do you, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, most definitely going into well this year. Well, with leaf season coming up, it's hard to do it solo doing leaf season for sure. Yeah. So definitely, I want to hire someone part time because usually leaf season. I mean, you do like one leaf cleanup, you know, on a Monday. You need at least the next day to rest and then go back at it Wednesday. If you're solo, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine doing that. So even going into um, 2022 for lawn service, yeah, I definitely want to hire someone because I just, you know, I kind of want to phase out of my business maybe in the next two or three years. And me and my wife were talking about maybe um, when we go to purchase another house, we were talking about getting something that has land mm. or actually uh, maybe do uh, like a nursery or something. Wow. Yeah, that's really cool. That, yeah, that's really cool. I I didn't mean to interrupt you there. I was just I, I, no, I was right. yeah. I was just saying that's that's cool. Our nurseries. So, do you have a lot of backgrounds in plants? I mean, I know you coming out of Florida working for that company. In Florida, I did. So here, it's still kind of a learning process because I think more of my clients know more about plants than I do. Like yeah, and identify them. So I think I have to you know learn how to identify plants up here. A nursery is a really cool business. That's something that I. Uh, I admire the people that do that. I don't. I don't really have an interest in starting one. Uh, definitely not right now. But uh, it it is cool how people do that, and uh, I'm sure you can make pretty decent money at it. Uh, I know our local nursery uh, grows a lot of their plants themselves. Uh, they they'll get they'll get them and they'll put them uh, as seeds, and I mean they'll grow them from the very very uh, baby baby startups. So nursery is a cool way to go. Well, uh, well, I mean, kind of. So what I'm what I'm getting at, and what, well, what I'm hearing from you is you're solo. You're kind of getting to the point where you want to hire another guy. Um, tell us some of your thoughts on uh, the best the best ways that you think you want to go about hiring. I mean, uh, what have you? So you're coming out of you're coming out of the company working in Florida for for that that amount of time. So you're kind of in a new stage of having to hire an employee. Um, what are you, are you wanting, you said you're trying to phase out. Are you trying to sell? Are you trying to get a foreman to come in and take over? Uh, I just, I'm kind of curious to hear uh, how you're going to go about hiring. I think it's cool that we're, that we get to talk about this, about how uh, you're really bringing on your first guy. Um, I really don't want to phase out. I think I still want to have someone or two people run the business while okay. we're running the nursery business at the same time. 
Okay. So keep so I keep know, two. Yeah, because I know if I like completely like get rid of my whole business, I'm gonna have some, you know, mad customers because you know, most of them are almost like family to me. So I try to like wanna be as much loyal to them as possible. So yeah. I just wanna like say, hey, next month I'm like my business, yeah, my business is done. I'm you know, folding it, selling it. You have to find someone else to cut your yard. I hear you. So you were saying in Florida, you worked for the, you did a lot of hardscaping. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, I did. Or is that, is that something you think you ever start back up for yourself? I mean, that, that's some pretty cool experience. It sounds like you have. Um, I don't, I don't think I'd do it here. I think I can make more money doing my other services, which was, um, is, uh, pressure washing, um, definitely aeration, uh, mulching, yeah. So just your basic landscaping services. Yeah. I think with material being as high as it is right now, I don't think a lot of people can afford to do like any serious hardscaping right now. Yeah, and it all depends on the area that you're into for sure. That that definitely makes a big uh makes a big difference in where you're at. So uh, well, hardscaping, that was something I wanted kind of to throw in there because that hardscaping interests me and I've, I've thought about getting into it. Uh, I really don't know how to do it or anything like that. So I'll definitely be a learning curve, uh, but it's something that interests me and something that I would like to do in the future. Uh, but it, it's, I don't know, it, it's a big investment is what I've heard uh, from everybody that's done it. It's, they say it's a big investment. It's really, uh, it, you got to take a big, a big leap of faith to get into it. Because you put a lot of money into it, so if anybody, if there's any hardscapers out there listening, uh, give me some tips and tricks on on what I need to get, to do to get started. Uh, other than by the Hardscape Academy, how to build uh, pay, how to build uh, patios. So I didn't get I that. Guess, I guess most guys. I think I'm not sure. I think he's uh, Sutton. I think he's in Missouri. I think he says yeah. he won't buy for you know. $3,000 or less. So his, you know, his estimate has to be 3000 or more for him to make that job worth his while. Yep, for sure. Yeah. Josh is, Josh has a good company out there. They're doing some cool things, him and, uh, the, and there's a few of them that all are, are at that high level. You have him and Andy Mulder and, uh, Jeremy Swihart and Caleb Allman. They're all doing top notch level work and it's really cool. I love following along on Instagram and keeping up with that. So, uh, if you're out there and you're listening and you don't follow those guys, go check them out because really, really cool projects they're doing. But anyway, Paul, back to you and your business. So uh, what it sounds like to me is you, you've been in it for five years full time. Uh, you you got a good, solid ground base for clients. You're thinking about hiring another employee. Uh, that is all really cool stuff. Uh, what is some good business advice you've gotten along the way uh, and, and kind of helps you get to where you are today and, and be profitable as a solo operator with 50 clients? I think the biggest thing around here, Northeast Tennessee, is uh, uh, communication with your customers. You know, you know, if like even before the season starts, you know, you want to put out a letter and let them know, like, you know, if your cut days on Monday, you know, and it rains on Monday, then you're going to be pushed to Tuesday. But if it rains Tuesday, your cut day could be um, Wednesday. So you always want to communicate with your customers, whether you have like, you know, your stuff's broken down you're sick, uh, you know, changing the weather, stuff like that. And then the other thing is, is, um, showing up a lot of guys in this area. I've heard clients that I just picked up in the last two years says, you know, the guy will come week one week and doesn't show up for four weeks. I just don't know how they pull that off, but they don't show up. 
and then they'll say and our customers say well this guy will show up for like three weeks in a row and then he won't show up for another three weeks and then he comes back and he'll cut the following week and then not show up again for three weeks so i think showing up and communication is a big thing especially up in this area yeah i think that is i think that's across the board i've never heard of anybody doing it that way i've heard of people not showing up but Showing up one time and then waiting three or four weeks coming back. I don't know. That's a weird way to run a business. But I call it the beer and cigarette lawn companies. You know, they only want money for, you know, to get them through the week of a six pack or a 12 pack or a. That's know. right. That's right. When, they, when, when their stash runs out, they'll come back so they can get paid to get more. But anyway, that's that's funny. That's a good analogy for uh, those type of companies. But uh, just be because be in saying that in communication and and it's not a dig at anybody that's still starting out. But uh, you shouldn't be that way, even if you're starting. If you're gonna if you're starting out, you need to create that relationship with your customer from the beginning and uh, make sure that they know you're reliable and you're gonna show up. You're gonna be there on time. Um, that's the biggest thing that I've learned is. Uh, well, one of the biggest things I've learned is, uh, we actually talked about this with Marcel, uh, on Wednesday's show about answering your phone. Uh, he's got some, he got some government contract this way and it was like basic stuff, but it's so, it's so next level really, because uh, it's the stuff that works. It's the little stuff. Um, answer your phone, show up when you're supposed to show up, like be reliable. If people if customers that are, uh, especially in the residential world, like what you have, it sounds like you have a family business. I mean, that's what it's kind of turned into is uh, your customers are like your family. And I am that way. I know I have customers like that, that are, that are literally like family. Like I would go spend the holidays with them if I could, like if I didn't have my own family, that's where I would be. Um, and it sounds like you're in that, in that boat a lot. So that's, that's really cool. If you're, if you're trying to, if you're starting out a business, whether, whatever it is, um, just be reliable, uh, show up when you say you're going to show up, communi- communicate with your customers all the time. So, uh, well, let's talk equipment, man. Uh, equipment is what everybody likes to hear. I know that's what all the guys like to hear at least. Uh, what kind of stuff are you running? Um, actually I've been running echo equipment since, um, I believe uh, I started my, uh, business in Florida back in 2005. So everything I have stick equipment, you know, is all echo, um, Backpack blower. I run the 580 BTS Husqvarna, which is a great blower. Yeah, I heard James talking about that when he said he loves the Husqvarna. And then, uh, what was it? Last year, year before, um, unfortunately, it came out um, after I was completely done with leaf season. I was able to get the the Echo PB8010, and that thing is like basically a big game changer. I mean. I mean, between the 580, the Husqvarna and that, I mean, there is a slight difference, but um, they're both they're both great blowers. Now I heard Echo's got a 90-10 out, so I don't know how that how that one tests out. Yeah, those are those are big blowers, and that's actually isn't that what isn't that what they won at at Signal Green? That's what Isaac with Twin Trimmers run, uh, won, didn't he? Was a 90-10? No, he won a Shindawa. I can't remember. Oh, what did they go with Shindawa? I couldn't remember. Okay. Well, those Shindow ones, they're all alike. They, I love the, I've personally ran Shindow blowers and they are good blowers. Um, I can't remember exactly what the brand was that he won, but I know it's a big one. I know it's, it's got to be one of the biggest ones they make because it looked like a horse. I picked it up and I was like, wow, this thing's going to blow some leaves. So, uh, what kind of mowers are you running? I have a Husqvarna, uh, 52 inch zero turn, which is commercial. 
And then uh, last year, I, uh, me and my wife took a, <laughs> a six-hour drive up to D.C. to get a walk behind because we couldn't find anything in our area because everyone was like, with COVID going on, they were trying to sell stuff for more than what it's worth. So yep. we drove up to um, D.C. to get um, a 2008 48-inch uh, walk-behind right mower. Oh, wow. Yeah, it, it, and I actually had three. It still has the original motor on, motor on it, which has like three thousand hours on it. No way. <laughs> and uh, also, I'm a running. Uh, just purchased this uh, Time Master 30 inch uh, mower, which is a great purchase. Yep, <laughs> yep. It, and for push mowing, for sure. If you have, and and I hear everybody say, get rid of the push mowing accounts. Get rid of the. You cannot always do that, and as a as a lawn maintenance company, you can't always do that. There, there's some models that it works in some neighborhoods, some areas, uh, but like around here, some of my highest paying clients, I have to push mow their yard. Uh, they have they have areas that have to be push mowed. So, uh, it's worth the investment if you're having to do it a lot. It's worth the investment to get that thirty inch for sure. How how, how long have you had it? The thirty inch, um, yeah. I think for about four months right now. How you like it? You can give it a oh, thumbs I up. Love- I like because I mean to me it's really not you can't really consider it a really a push mower even it's like a step even though it's supposedly self propelled I mean I mean you can run behind it believe me yeah yeah if you if you try it out for the first time and you put you put a self propel all the way down it, that thing will yank you it pull your arms out of socket and I actually got the smaller engine I don't have I think what I did make Kohler the Kohler engine maybe yeah. Kawasaki. I just, I, mine, I think, is it a Briggs? I'm not sure if it's a Briggs, but it's just a regular, I think it's, uh, yeah, just a regular uh, push, like self propelled engine. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I ran the, I got the X Mark 30 inch. I didn't go with the Toro, but I got the Kawasaki and I love it. it it's been great so far. Um, with that Husqvarna, how long have you had the Husqvarna? I, and sorry, guys, if you don't, if you don't enjoy the equipment talk, I'm sorry, but I don't do it on every episode. I like, I like hearing some of these things though. Um, I've had it since I want to say 2000. Uh, let me think, 2018, I believe. Okay. Yeah, I had actually went to um, close to where uh, James Shill lives over in Murfreesboro, not, uh, Tennessee. And yeah. Went to called SLE Equipment, and they had package deals. No so way! Just- this is crazy. That's exactly what I was about to talk about. That's why I asked you that question because I wanted to hear. That is, wow, that's crazy. That is a God thing. That is, I'm, I'm literally floored right now, uh, because that's I've looked at that exact same place when I was starting my business, and and you kept saying Husvarna, Husvarna. I was like, I wonder if he did this uh, when I was starting my business in 2018. That same place I saw because I'm not too far from there. I think three, three and a half hours, and uh, we were making a trip back from Ohio one time, and I stopped in there because I saw they had Husvarna package deals. And it's a great way to get into your to start a business. Uh, I mean, you you've had that since 2018. It still runs good. I'm assuming. Yes, yes, it does. Yep. Yeah, I mean, Husqvarna. I've always heard good things about them. That is that is wild, man. I'm that is so funny that you that you did the package deal too. So kind of elaborate on that a little bit. If is that what you ended up doing? I'm sorry, I, I got excited to interrupt you there. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah. Um- yeah, because I was I was like looking all over my area. I was like, do I really want to drive four hours to go get this? But at that price, um, it was like eight thousand. So it came with the the rider, the fifty two inch Husqvarna. It came with the five by ten trailer. Yep, yep. Um, I'm not sure what size 
hedge trimmers, but I mean, those definitely come in handy. A trimmer. Good. Yep. And then, um, I think it was a, it's a, I still like this, um, a line trimmer, even though it's a little bit heavy is the Husqvarna. I think it's the 525 L. Yep. Yep. And I'm pretty sure it came with a blower. I think it was a, I think it was their size is the 350. So yeah, I it was one of the smaller models. Yeah. I mean, for eight grand, I but mean, I couldn't, yeah. yeah. I mean, I basically paid, you know, cash for it. And I mean, I basically before that I was using my custom, I was using a 36 inch bell driven skag to do some of my clients yards. And I had some clients that had an acre and a half. So I was like, yeah, I don't think I could do this the rest of the year with a walk behind. Yeah. That's not sustainable. That is, that's something that I was, I mean, this is exactly where I wanted to go with this topic. I, this is really cool. Uh, because that's exactly what I was going to say. So I thought about doing this. I ended up not doing it. I had a, I had another way to, to get some equipment, but uh, from what I from what I've seen from Husqvarna, and, and don't take this. I mean, this is just my recommendation. I, I'm not I'm not as Husqvarna. I've never personally ran them, but I know people that have, and they're reliable. Uh, from what they're reliable sources, but uh, their package deals that these dealers have, Husqvarna really does the best deals that I've seen. And if you're out there and you're trying to be on the fence, like you don't have twelve grand to put into one zero turn mower, um, much less a trailer, like you said all the all the uh, handheld equipment that comes with it then Husqvarna sounds like they make excuse me a really good uh, product that they can put in these package deals and you can get everything to start out for a very reasonable price uh, and and that's exactly what you did it sounds like right yeah that's correct yeah I mean they had bigger size mowers but I figured I didn't really need anything bigger than a 52 I definitely yeah. Anything smaller, so I figured fifty-two would have been perfect for me. And they have, and the package deals are different sizes too, right? From what I saw, they because they had like some. I know they had some thirty-six inch packages, so like some smaller equipment. And then they had, I know they had sixty inch uh, zero turns too, with some bigger equipment. And all those prices vary, uh, bigger trailers and stuff. But if that's something that you're looking into and in trying to start your business and you're worried about equipment. Uh, that would be a really cool way to, to get into it, if, in my opinion, if I was out there and I was restarting today um, with $0 and I just needed to find something to get me out there and get me started, then one of those packages would be a really good option. But the, we can kind of wrap up the equipment talk there. That was just uh, kind of a little side tangent that we went down, but that turned out really good because that's exactly what I wanted to uh, talk to everyone about. Well, Paul, we're sitting right about 30 minutes here already. Time has flown by. Uh, do you have anything you want to kind of hit on or, or leave anybody with some advice that you have learned over the years of running your business? Well, I, I get this a lot and I, you know, this is like, I think Jane spoke about this on your podcast as well as, um, you just basically sometimes have to tell people no, cause you can't do everything yourself, whether you have, you know, yourself or you got three, you know, three people helping you, you just can't do all the work, you know, I mean, you're hoping there's other companies out there that'll do it, but there sometimes there isn't. So you kind of have to say no. I mean, you got to understand that you need time for yourself, your family, you know, because, you know, working seven days a week is not fun. So I'm just basically this year, I'm trying to get out of working Sundays, which I have. So I tell people, you know, you just got to tell, you know, clientele or, or potential customer if they want to estimate for lawn service or something, just tell them, no, I mean, it's tough because, you know, I kind of learned on another podcast, you know, you got to tell people no, but they never told me how those people are going to react when you tell them no. 
Yeah. So that... a, a couple of weeks ago, I had a client that I did odds and ends for like, you know, the last few years, you know, over the, the years it got, you know, almost you do all this work and then the next year is like less and then this year is like less and then apparently his mower broke down and I told him, I was like, listen, I'm sorry. I love to do your yard, but I'm just booked up with side work and lawn service that I can't take on any more clientele. And he could have said, okay, I understand. Thank you. You just hung up the phone on me. So mm-hmm. I guess I'm going to be getting that type of, you know, reaction from, you know, people now when I tell them I just can't, you know, handle the work. I don't have enough, you know, manpower to handle all that work right now. Yeah. And you can't take that personally though. Not, I mean, everybody out there won't be that way, but for those ones that are, you just got to let it roll off your shoulders and say, move on to the next one. Because uh, if they're going to act like that, then they're not the right fit. You don't want to be cutting their lawn anyway. Um, we actually had a guy that uh, I haven't told the story yet. That happened last week, really real time. Um, we were out mowing and so it's this garden home community and in this community there's like there's real like legal streets and then there's like back alleys that divide the houses where uh, they park their cars in the back and they have their yards like meet up well um, we have multiple yards in this neighborhood and uh, the alleys you can drive to the alleys and connect to all the streets down through there well we were on say we were on the left side with the yards and then there was another street in the middle and then our next yard was on the next street over so we had our street a middle street the far street and um we it was uh there's two alley there was one alley separating a row of houses and then another alley then our houses well uh we were cutting two on one side and i was like well i'll just drive through here um run through the the middle of these houses and uh it wasn't wet i wasn't messing up the yard or anything I was like, I'll just run through here real quick. I'm on the yard for maybe five seconds on the mower, and uh, and I'll just be there instead of having to go all the way around the streets to the very end. But uh, I did that, and uh, I drove back. I, so I went and cut that yard, and then I came back to the truck that was parked on the other side. And before I could even get the, the mower on the trailer, a guy came out, and he was one of the guys that lived in the middle stretch, and he was dog cussing me like I've never heard before. He was livid. Uh, he didn't even give me, he didn't give me time to say anything. He just came out and was lighting into me and the fact that I drove my mower through his yard. Uh, and I wasn't even on his yard. I was on the other, I was on the other person's yard, uh, that they just, the, the yards adjoined, but I was on the other person's side of the yard, but he was mad. He was mad. And he was telling me about how I had no right to be on his yard. I was trespassing. He should call the cops and like, and looking back on it, should I have driven through his yard or the neighbor's yard? Probably not. It was it was it was just a quick way for me to get through there, and I was like, no harm, no foul. Ninety percent of people would not care because I didn't mess up his yard at all. But he came out and was just like, do- I mean, literally dog cussing me. I mean, for five minutes in my face, telling me what I did wrong. I I was insane. I don't know. He didn't know what I was thinking, and I just sat there and I said, yes, sir. I'm sorry. Sorry we did that. It won't happen again. But that right there, and so this was a long story to get to my point here. If that guy ever came out and asked me to cut his yard, I would never do it because that's not the kind of client I want to work for. And and it, that, if that's how people are going to be, let them be that way. You you can't take that on your you can't take that personally. And so for that guy hanging up on you on the phone the other day, you you gotta you gotta just roll that off and say on to the next one because you got more work that you can keep up with. And that's not the kind of time that's not the kind of client you want to uh, waste your time on anyway. But um, that that really crazy story right there i don't know i don't know why i threw it in there it was just a, it was a fun one and um it, it happened to me and it's 
Uh, I'm sure it's happened to everybody out there. Everybody's been cussed out by a neighbor or something that you blew some clippings on their yard or whatever it may be. But uh, that that was good advice that you said, man, about uh, saying no. That is a huge thing in my business that I've learned personally over the last couple of years is to say no to the ones that you don't want, the times you, uh, the ones that you can't make the right amount of money on. That's the biggest thing I think is uh, if you're not going to be able to make the money you need to make on it, you got to say no and cut your. Uh, you can't go out there and waste time. And, and lose money to just to make your client happy. Uh, but anyway, that is really cool advice, man. This has been a great interview. I've, I uh, really enjoyed having you on here today. Uh, if you don't have anything else, kind of tell us where to find you on social media, and we will uh, wrap this thing up. Okay, I'm on Instagram under uh, PSE underscore landscaping, and, uh, and I have a Facebook page, uh, PSE Landscaping and Lawn Care. I technically don't have a website right now. So I'm just really kind of like the last couple of years, you know, figuring out if I really want a website or not. I mean, a lot of people say I should, but I'm just still, you know, trying to work that out. I see the good and bad to both. Uh, I definitely see the positive in it, but it will, it can bring you some, uh, it can bring you some excessive work. And if you're in a place where you're not able to take on work, you don't have an employee, uh, you're, you're maxed out. Then you might want to you might not want to get a website right now because just being listed out there, people can find it. Uh, it will bring you work without you have to do any any advertising. So I know that's it has personally done that in my business. But uh, anyway, we'll move on. So uh, that that go find him, go check out Paul on social media, guys on Instagram, PSE Landscaping. Uh, I really appreciate your time today, Paul. Uh, kind of really what I want to talk about here as we wrap things up is I do want to hit on again. Uh, we do have some sponsorship opportunities that we are going to do uh, that we can, if you have a product or a service that you want to bring out and, and kind of showcase for our listeners or get out there to the market for people to see, then you can uh, email me from the email in the show notes and we can get something lined up there for some sponsorship opportunities. Because as you all know, um, as you all know, these podcasts are not free. They don't, they're not free to produce. Uh, it does cost money and we're trying to bring out the, uh, best quality that we can with good quality guests, good quality audio and stuff for, for y'all to enjoy, just like so many other podcasters out there. So uh, reach out to me if you have any uh, uh, sponsorship things that you want to that you want to dive into here, and we can definitely do that coming up. But that is going to wrap this one up, guys. Leave those ratings and reviews. It'll really help us social-proof the podcast. Get us out there for the other uh, new listeners to see and join in the uh, community and build this community one relationship at a time. But Paul, thank you for coming on today, man. Uh, thanks a lot for having me on. I really appreciate it. And uh, it was good meeting you at the 2021 Signal Green in Nashville. Absolutely. It was a great time. I was like, super excited to meet all those guys and meet you and yourself and your business. Um, it was really fun and I can't wait for 2022. But uh, thank you for coming on tonight, man. And I can't wait to uh, maybe link up with you here next spring or something see where you are see if you've got your first and full employee full-time employee and how the business is going uh but guys thank you for listening today and i will uh, catch up with you here on the next episode thanks for tuning in to the growing green landscapes podcast we know you have many other podcast options to choose from and don't take it for granted that you chose to spend some time with us today you can connect with Jeremiah Jennings at Growing Green Landscapes on Instagram or use the link in the show description. Don't forget to smash the follow button on the podcast and leave those five-star ratings and reviews. We hope you crush it in your business and hope to catch you on our next episode.